like, <laughs> about the name of the podcast mm. being a couple of Cypriots having a chat. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But I want it more catchy though than that. Couple Cypriots. Couple, couple Cypriots on Greek. Nah, on Greek it's like. time, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. hey, but but yeah. Do you know what though? I've always found naming the podcasts the hardest part of it sometimes. Yeah. I think sometimes the name will just come to you anyway. When you have people on it and we're talking and whatever, it will just come to you, innit? Yeah, I, 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 know, I don't know why I'm so caught up on like, trying to figure out. But the thing is, I do enjoy like, figuring out some like, crazy name. Because some podcasts I listen to, they've got like, the weirdest names. I think, yeah, that's sick, I like that. Yeah. And then I just feel like, oh, let me try, let me try to figure out some mad name. Bro, if you should just call it Gassed Up George. Gassed Up George. <laughs> the ma- the Mashallah. <laughs> the Cypriot Gang. Nah, that's shit, that's a shit one, let's not do that. But yeah, I think that those things will just come to you as you... Yeah, as you I think, I think you're right. Andy, my man, mm. thanks for being a guest on the team. Number one guest. Number one guest. Also my next door neighbour. Yeah. Pretty time. much next door neighbour. Pretty much. Five right. houses down. P- PT, but you so much more than that. That's cool. Think you can do this shit? Yay! You think you can do this to me? Typical. Amazon. The problem when you get engaged. Oh, bro! Is I that, forgot that. Is that people send you fucking presents, bro? We can just cut, we can, we can cut that. Yeah, well, we can cut that. <laughs> <laughs> when you start again, we'll just cut that. Yeah. Cool, let's go. Welcome back. Back. Was, uh, that was, fan uh, mail coming in. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. Royal mail. Yeah, so, right, first of all, actually, congratulations on getting engaged. Thanks, bro, about time, isn't it? Big step. I don't know, how long have you been with that? I'm coming up to 11 years. Oh, yeah, so you. Long time. T- slowly, yeah. slowly, innit? T- you know, t- in, t- in a separate way, you do things slow, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And I feel that as well. I feel like it's got to be time. I've been with Jay two years. I think she's the one. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I, I feel she won't listen. She won't listen. No, she won't listen. I say, do you know what we say? Don't listen to the podcast. I don't, know, I don't know what madness I'm going to end up saying. <laughs> madness I'm going to end up saying. But um, yeah, Andy, thanks, man, for on such short notice. I was, all, do you know what? I was a little bit nervous about doing the podcast because it's been so long because of lockdown, and I didn't want to do the Zoom Zoom team because Not as I need I need the energy there. Do you know what I mean? Like I like being with people. Yeah. So you're PT, but you're you're much more than that. You coach coaches. Yeah. Uh, you help people go from zero to hundred real quick. Now you go. You help, <laughs> you help people. You help people move move their business mm. in a way. Because I mean, talking about PTs quickly. Mm. How have you adapted to working in lockdown over the last over the last year? Yeah, I mean, for us it wasn't such a big deal because we were doing a lot of remote stuff anyway. Oh really? But I think. So we were fortunate in that way, so it was an easy change. Although there was a lot of customers that we had to try and gravitate onto Zoom and stuff. But, hey man, a year later, if you was to tell me I'd be doing the majority of my stuff via Zoom without going to the gym, I would have been like, nah, that's never happening. But there's a quota of clients that don't want to go back to the gym. They're happy doing it. I think people have learned that they can save time by not commuting. They've got the kit at their house. The laptop goes on. Instead of them training at 6am, they train at 7 because they don't have to commute. And yeah, so we, we've been fine, but I think a lot of PTs have struggled. And I think it's just because they haven't been able to pivot. Technology is a thing. Like, we've been like two hours trying to set up this camera. <laughs> and like, you know, some I'm people, some people, are, <laughs> some people are, are tuned into those things and some people ain't. You've got to train. You've got, it's a muscle. It's like a muscle, yeah. isn't it? You, you, you've got to train these things. But I just think, you know. You're there, you're employed by your clients to lead from the front. And Sweet. like, if the leadership gap widens, people leave you. And it was a time to just stand up and go, look, I'm going to support you, I'm going to look after you. I know finances could be a problem for people, but this is the time where you stand up, show them what else is available because the pandemic was new for everybody. So we just had to be flexible and pivot around. And I think that was the major message. And you know what? It's such an important message. I think. It was almost the most unexpected, unprecedented thing that's happened in, my, in definitely in my lifetime, bro. Like definitely in my I think, lifetime. I think in your lifetime, your mum's lifetime, your dad's lifetime, your grandparents' yeah, lifetime. It's like one of those things. No one's seen that. And it has taught us flexibility. 
Like, from a business perspective, from, I mean, I, mean, I lost my, I said to you earlier when I come in, I was made redundant from a job that I pretty much just started as well. And it, I think it just teaches you, it's bigger than you at this point, do you know what I mean? And Much I think that, that flexibility, I mean, to me, is key in leadership anyway, but it's also important skill for people yeah, yeah. in general. I'll tell you what it also done, is made you realise what was important in your business, in life, in general. Straight. A lot of people had to trim the fat on things they were doing in their business that was not necessary. And uh, you learned who your real customers were. I know, there's some people, like I know some people had fallen by the wayside because of financials, and that's fine, I'm not saying that, but you, you learn who are really going to try and look after you, and you, you push and you look after them as well, you know? Yeah. It's a two-way game. Yeah. You, so you give see. me an example, and I've got the insurance bucket if we need it. Yeah, I've got the insurance bucket. Give me an example of where some, a customer may have fell off, and why, why that could have been, when we forget financial in this time. I think it was mainly financial, man. I don't think you there think was anything like malicious at all. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't be looking at clients going, "Oh, you didn't look after me." At the end of the day, everybody's got their financial button, and it's a financial commitment. But there is some people that have stuck with us who are under financial strain, but they've stayed with us because they they, the they want to look after the service. They know that you know when things get better, they want us to still be standing so that they can use their service. But at the end of the day, it's made you realise who. Who, who really look after you when the yeah. times are, are tough because they were tough for everybody even if you thrived it was tough yeah, yeah. It was, it, it's more effort to reward I suppose yeah like you've got to implement more effort which is part of the flexible so so that's the PT side tell us more about the, what you do for the coaches is it Qualified personal trainers is getting them from zero to their first 5k months and a lot of it is you do your PT course it's usually accelerated within a 6 to 12 month period they teach you some of the basics and then it's like go on in go and get some clients and you're like Whoa, what do I do mm. like there's rents to pay at places I get employed by places or I'm on my own and I'm like how do I even set up as a self-employed all of those legal things that you have yes, to do yeah. the accounting stuff obviously I'm not an accountant I would advise you to go there but it's like getting that shit in line first and then giving them actionable tasks so that they can get themselves going. Because the hardest thing in any service-based industry is getting your first client and then what to do with that client to and help yourself grow. You said something interesting there about there's a lot of things to, to, to think about mm. um, when you're coaching. And one thing I've learned from coaching my clients is sometimes that relationship where you speak the things that you're stuck on yeah. is quite important in, in able to grow, like getting out of your mind, yeah. give it, almost giving that to someone else to yeah. to reflect your way of thinking about it, I suppose. like Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been in business as more than muscle maybe six years now. I've been doing it for 10, 11, doing my own thing as well. But it's like I've always had a business coach to lean on because yeah. there's always someone who can help you with Straight. the next bit. And yeah, it's an expense, but you should always see a return on that expense because at the end of the day, you've selected this person investment. to help you I mean, it's grow. investment. It's, yeah, to it's help you grow. Inve investment over expense. Really. And I'll tell you what, it's been the best investment I've ever had. And the fees have changed over time, but only in accordance to our own growth. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like that's what I want to give back to the new generation of PTs is, yeah, I've been doing this a long while. I see you struggle. I see there's been a pandemic. Let's help. You know, and obviously I enjoy that stuff. So if I can, if I can help, that's what I want to do with it. How much do you think your passion for the industry helps with what you do? Um, I think, you know, I got into the industry because I was an athlete once. I got injured a lot. What, what sort what, what I played football, right? So I, my, my goal back in the day was to make it. Yeah, I think a lot of kids had that. I didn't quite make it, whether I was good enough or not, whatever. But I used to get injured a lot. I used to get told a lot by coaches on certain fitness things. And one day I got to, got sick of it. I was like, you're telling me stuff, I'm not sure if that's quite right. I'm gonna go and learn it for myself. You know, you learn the science, you learn that stuff. They were planting seeds in your head yeah. that you questioned. Exactly. What sort of age did you start questioning? About 16. You know, when you, when you get to that age of, are you gonna get pro, are you not? You've dropped off, you go non-league, like a lot of boys do. 
and it's not quite working for you, but it's not because you're not putting effort in. Because they're like, you need to try hard. I'm like, mate, I'm busting my balls every single day. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. trying hard. It's not because I'm not trying hard. Maybe I'm not good enough. Cool. But you're not going to think like that when you're in it. You're going to think, how can I get better anyway? Yeah. And so fitness was a thing. I was always one of the fitter boys anyway. I could run all day. Yeah. But there was a few injuries I was getting. I wasn't the quickest. I wanted to learn to get quicker, things like that. And um, I just learned some of that stuff. And then it was at a stage where... You know, you're 16, you're turning 18, you've never had a job because all you've ever done is play football and you're applying to places like Curry's and, you know, mm. Ikea and things like that. And they don't even give you a job because all your friends who have left school have had like retail experience and whatever. All I was doing was refereeing and linesman for £20 on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> well, you know, them college actually, ones, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And, uh, you know, my best mate became a PT and I was like, I need to do this. So I like, love what he's doing. And uh, I went and got qualified six weeks and I was in, got a job at Virgin Active. And then, you know, it was always my passion to have answers to the questions that I didn't have answers to. Make sense? Mm. And like, my clients were my best source of growth. Yeah, well you do things with them and, you know, obviously you're supposed to be qualified. You're only as qualified as you are in that state. So I thought I was qualified then. Yeah, so you work with your clients, things work, things don't work. And then you go, oh, why is that not working? Go and read, go and learn, find the holes, try it again on them, it starts to work or it doesn't work. Bridging gaps. You're bridging gaps, exactly. And, um, you know, two twos, ten years later, we're still doing the same things, we're better than we were, at least we think we are, and you learn a lot along the way, but you see the new gen coming through and you're like, that's what I did. I can help you accelerate that growth. So, because before we get into that, uh, that's important, but it didn't, because you went to university to then study... Yeah, but I went to university late. So I've only just graduated. I graduated during the pandemic, so a couple couple weeks back with the certificate came through. Oh, the no, masters no. was done late. Like I already had a fully fledged business. So what spurred what spurred that on to go out and get that? You know, I was I was at a stage where I wanted to help others. Yeah. In the professional realm, not just my clients. Yeah. I was at a stage where I was writing quite a lot of fitness magazines. Yeah. I wanted to get into a little bit more of the journalism side of things and write papers and things like that. And I was doing corporate seminars. And at the end of the day, if you're speaking, although you're giving the best you can give, sometimes having the title next to your name makes it a little bit more warranted. So yeah, I agree. I Do you know like, what I struggle with that sometimes? Like with that, like when I get asked to speak. I always think like, am I fucking blagging this? Yeah, but like, the truth is, it doesn't matter. The qualification doesn't matter yeah. because the value is in what you talk about. Yeah. It was done. Yeah, yeah. It was done for me to understand in my own head that I'm not blagging it. Even though at the period when I wasn't qualified, I wasn't blagging it. Yeah. But it was just to give myself clarification. Is it confidence in? I've never really had the issue talking in front of crowds. No, no, no. But confidence in your ability but it or, was or confidence in the value of your ability, maybe. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it was a case of like, it was a box that needed to be ticked so that I could say to myself, I'm getting towards where I want to get to in my profession. I see. Okay, yeah? I see. And people say, what did you learn in that time at uni? And the truth is, I didn't learn much more than I already knew in terms of strength and conditioning. But it did it validate what you did know? Validated, but also it taught me how to learn. Ooh. Which a lot of people don't really know. Let's talk, talk. Let's go into that a little bit because I, I was never uh, an academic at school. By was, no means am I academic either. Yeah. No, no. But this is what I want to say because I think there's a lot of people that, that are probably watching the show. Because, bro, there is people that were on my course who are super academics. I'm like, whoa! I can't even get to that level. Nor do I want to either. But I can't get to that level, one, because a lot of my mind is over onto the business side of things that I'm looking after, rather than sitting down reading hundreds and hundreds of papers and doing stuff. But secondly, like, it's one of those things, I think education is only warranted if you can apply it. If you can't apply it, it means nothing. Well, that's what the sort of, the, I just wanted to make sure that's still recording. Yeah. Um, Knowledge is only power when you apply. Do you know that exactly. said? Knowledge is power. I mean. It only matters when you exactly. when you apply the knowledge. In fact, like knowledge is pain if you don't apply it because if you know something yeah. and you're doing it wrong, exactly. Like I think you're almost a bit silly. So like, like I found it hard to motivate motivate myself when I was doing the course because I was already doing you know forty odd hours of personal training. Yeah. And I know like a lot of the guys, their motivation was to work in 
professional realm, working with sports clubs and the rest of it, which is fantastic, do your thing. But a lot of them hadn't even had experience holding the gym kit. Like, they never held a bell, barbell before. And I'm like... That's crazy. It's crazy, because you know all the stats, all the, all the papers, but applying that knowledge on the gym floor, which is what we were learning, you had no experience. So I was almost coming into it as if I cut my teeth, but now I'm learning to learn, whereas they already knew how to learn doing the undergrads and whatever they did, but they didn't apply it. Yeah. So we met in a different way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with that learn, I just want to dig into that learn, like learn to learn because we're not taught that at school. Like we're not taught. I think even society doesn't really teach us to like find our own way of learning. So how so that process you, probably took a while. But how did you start clocking that process? So when you go to school, when you go to college, you get taught. You get taught the subject. They teach you this is maths, this is how you do it, this is science, this is how you do it. When you go to university, at least at my course, and it seems the way with anyone who's done a master's degree, I'm not quite sure about the undergrad, the way it was taught. Um, they teach you how to learn. They don't teach you the subject. You go and learn the subject yourself. Oh, that's yeah? so hard. So the thing that you learn that's is hard, how yeah. to critically think. Yeah. So if I tell you, George, you know what? 10 bicep curls will make your arm big. That's what you learn at college. But when you go to uni and you do your master's degree, you go, 10 bicep curls makes you big. Why? Then you criticize that thought. You go and have a look. You do the research, you find out your weighted decision, you go and apply it, and then you have your philosophy on what that research tells you. That's so right. you start learning how to learn and you create a philosophy. Because, you know, we've spoken off camp about things like, how do you coach? But the first thing's first. The science is the same for everybody when in the topic that you're doing. Yeah? So mm. we, for me, it's you know the human body and locomotion and muscle and all of those things. But, but mindset must come into mindset. Surely how someone looks at fitness, True. how someone looks at True. their own body must impact the but way that they train. The science is the same for everybody, but the way that we get that across, the philosophy that you have on the research, is what makes you unique. Yes. That's what so makes you you. How, like, you deliver that, how you deliver that message. How you deliver it. And that's really important because without that, you're just a Google canvas. You'll just go on there, yeah, hit Google, sick. how do I do a sprint? It tells you. Yeah. But the way I tell you how to do it, obviously sits with the science, but the way I tell you to do it might make you do it more or you might because enjoy it. Deliver it differently. Deliver like, because in I, do you know, and this is how I sort of fell in love with wanting to be a, a motivational speaker because I find yeah. You can listen to as many people as you want, but then sometimes you just come across one video mm. and the way they deliver it just completely sits with you in a different way and allows you to, exactly. to apply it. And I think that's the same in what you're saying with, it's not always about the message, but how you deliver yeah. the message, how you put the message Absolutely. and how it sits with the person. I mean, one of the first exercises I get all my coaches to do is, before we start, I'm like, write me a philosophy statement. It's four, four lines on what your philosophy is. On whatever? On personal like, training, on coaching. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Get, on you. We work for 12 weeks and then I get them to write it again. A lot of the time it changes. And I say to them, another 12 weeks, it'll change again, it will change. That will never be static. Your philosophy will never be static. It will just grow and refine. Or it, it doesn't always grow though. No, it, it could also, go the other it, way. It could, yeah, exactly. it spiral. But it won't be static. But who you are as a coach, whether it's personal training, mindset or whatever, it will start funneling into a direction that you currently are in. It's yeah, a current state. Yeah, and then you will see clients over the next 10 years and they'll catch you at different states of your life. The science is the same, but the delivery of it will always be slightly different because the thing that makes you a, a really effective motivational speaker and also coach is telling stories. We're telling stories. You're not telling the science. No one, you said earlier, yeah. sorry to interrupt, you, there's... I mean, especially like in behavior, human behavior, psychology and mindset, mm. there's really only 10 to 15 things that really impact mm. uh, the, what, the way you look at things and yeah. your human behavior psychology. But it's how you deliver those 10 to 15 yeah. things yeah. that really have an impact on it. And yeah. So do you deliberately work on delivery or do you, is that something that you allow to just to flow? I think you don't. You don't deliberately work on delivery whilst you're in the deliverance. You may work on it in other facets. So like now, for example, I'm, we're doing a podcast, yeah? I'll watch it later mm. when, when it's up. Yeah. And I'll probably watch it a few more times than the viewers will watch it because I'm mm. on it. Mm. But 
that would work on my delivery in the future because I'll pick up on things yeah, on how I've done it. Reflecting back on and the situation. It's the experience bank of doing these things. And I always, again, back to those coaches, I'm like, if you ain't good at public speaking, you're going to find this difficult because whether you're doing it in front of 100 people or one person, you're speaking. Whether it's the camera, you're speaking. And I don't expect you to be good, but let's just try and build some experience of doing that. Yeah, let's, let's just talk about that because I think often we, we fear... Oh, do you know what it is? This is what I want to say. Oh. We fear of the, the we fear the fear of doing something because we want it to be right. Yeah. But you're never really gonna be able to get it right. It's never gonna be right. the first time. Yeah. And even if you do, I don't think that's even healthy yeah. because then you've got a. You're there already. You're there already. Are you? Yeah. But are, yeah, but are you there? Because yeah. or is it? I don't want to say beginner's luck because I think there is such thing as like natural talent and skill. I mean, it doesn't mean it can't be worked on. Again, like. My post today was actually that, and it was about a feedback loop of just do your thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You will see some data from the people you are coaching. They will either say, "Andy, this is shit. It's not working," or yeah. they say, "This is really good." For example. So then you've got a feedback there of whether what you're delivering is effective. Yeah. Yeah. You will then do it more often. And refine, you then refine it, refine it, then do it more often, and this feedback loop will keep going, yeah, yeah. and you keep getting better at it only if you seek it, and only if you do it, and only if you do it. So if you are stopping yourself from doing it because you're in fear of it being perfect, you don't grow, and also you like a, you don't get info, and a fear that you ignore becomes a belief, yes. and then that that changes everything. That that changes the way of, of life after that exactly. because if you. And it's, mate, it's so hard, like, it's not even easy, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's easy to do something, and yeah. I was telling you earlier about, like, the YouTube videos that I've been doing, like, mate, I do that because I'm fearful of it, and I really want to get to grips with like, doing something that, I, that I'm fearful of, because... The best thing you can do is seek influence when you're in that in scenario. So, what I've that. always looked at is, if there's something that I'm very bad at, that I want to be better at, or there's something that I'm really fearful of, I need to put myself in that scenario more often. But, firstly, I won't put myself in that scenario because I'm scared of it. you do a smaller version of it. Maybe. Or I will seek influence on people that are doing it. Okay, so you create exposure you about, create, yeah. about so what you're doing. For example, yeah, if I'm not good on camera, I'm going to get around people that are, that are going to make me do it, yeah, then yeah, all of a sudden yeah, yeah, I realise yeah. it's not that fearful anymore. Yeah, because you're watching someone do it, so it's changing the way that you look yeah. at, um, at that experience, and it's getting yeah. you exposure exactly. to that. Like, this is where environment comes in, and they talk about if you hang around six broke people, so you're about to be the seventh. You're around, yeah, you're around six people that you, you're, you are the six people you hang around with the most. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because it's about the exposure yeah. and, and so if, so, I want to talk about it in from a Pete, from um, sort of a one of your clients' perspective, sure. um, um, as a someone that's new to fitness. Mm. So someone that is wants to get into fitness that is struggling to find the motivation. They could have created anxiety yep. around it, uh, just created fear around it. What would you advise them based on that philosophy of exposure and how they can go about doing that? Um, I think it's clarity. Firstly, you have to help someone. Be clear on what it is they're trying trying to achieve. So a lot of the time we get inquiries, they come in, they're like, I want to lose a bit of weight, and, like, and this and that, and my joints hurt, my back hurts, and I've got to slip this. And then we assess them, and none of that's really that true. Yeah, all right, there might be some weight to lose. But the assessment process... But, but that's just the product. Yeah. It's the process. But the assessment process is where we see a lot of the data on what we need to do. So you realise they haven't got to slip this, they've got tight glutes or whatever, and it's causing back pain. They are a little bit overweight, but then we look into the reasons why they're overweight and what they've been doing, and then we provide them with a clarity statement of, this is what needs to be done. Then we go to them, look, this is what needs to be done, but how much do you want this? Is it high enough in your priority list to make a commitment? Because at the end of the day, if it sits here, it ain't going to get fucking done. I've seen it a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you can get them here, then boom. It's it's because, then becomes a reason from yeah. an excuse. That's what changes. So that's the first thing. The second thing is people are humans, we know that, and we do the same fucking mistakes all the time. We give ourselves a mountain to climb. Yeah, so Christmas is the one, New Year's comes, New Year's resolutions. So like, right, I'm gonna lose weight. Do you get more calls in, in January? I mean Personal training is usually February because January everyone goes to the gym, they try their thing and then it don't work and in February they come in. Madness. 
madness. But it's usually like things like Andy. So in January, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna train with you three times a week. I'm also gonna do two spin classes, five box classes. I'm not gonna drink any alcohol. I'm going vegan as well. And at the same time, all I'm gonna eat is grass. Unsustainable. Unsustainable. Ain't got a lot. Ain't got a lot. And then your grandma just goes, what are you doing? Anyway, from that point, they lose weight, yeah? Without you, they're losing weight because if you do all those things, fucking, you're gonna lose weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've gone from zero to zero. Is there a formula to lose weight? You have created such a mountain that the drop off is big. So you're creating friction to the goal. You're creating pain because yeah, you're you're getting success out of pain. You're not getting success out of you're enjoying these processes. You're building sustainable little lifestyle things that because it's key to enjoy what you're doing. So if you don't enjoy it, you can't sustain it. If you can't sustain it, it's not a result. What we try to do with our customers is flex their willpower muscle. Yeah? And you need to do that by focusing on small wins. Yeah? Makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you focus on the small things, you increase the desire to do it more. So let's take this out because this is, yeah. we're not just talking about the gym now. No. This is, this is life. Everything. This is life. So, and yeah. I'm massive on what you're talking about. If you flex your willpower muscle by you know, fueling your desire, you reduce pain, yeah? And what you get out of that is more small wins. If you get more small wins, what happens? You do it more fucking often, and then you get results. So there's this interesting model, um, you definitely look into it, man, BJ Fogg, I know you may have even heard of him, and he says, like, uh, behaviour equals motivation, ability, and prompt. Yeah. And what's interesting about what you're saying there, like you said, like, less pain creates more motivation and ability, which allows you to... At the end of the day, if I'm like... That guy who's having chicken, rice and broccoli, chicken, rice and broccoli. It works, of course it works, yeah. but let's just put you out of your clinical vacuum yeah, that you're in and into real life. Yeah. You're now sitting down, it's Greek Easter, your mum and dad are having sublabia, yeah? yeah? They're eating it with a bitta, yeah. and you're looking at it and you're there with your salad that you didn't even put olive oil in because you don't want to drop that dry, that, you know that dry, no hummus, no nothing. But you're losing weight, but your face is like this. Yeah, What's yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah, point, yeah, man? Yeah, trust me, yeah. But what if we showed you a way of having that sublagya, having that bitta, having that hummus, having that dashi, putting it all in there, and you still lost weight? Because at the end of the day, it can be done, yeah. as long as you understand the bigger picture. You're not looking for it through a fucking straw, which you think that one meal is going to change everything. And how much do you think society breeds that, that, that vision? Listen, we, li- we live in extreme... And uh, we live in extremists, yeah? I'm either an Arsenal fan or I'm a Tottenham fan. I can't be a football fan, yeah? So you're, you know, I'm doing CrossFit. Why can't you just go and weightlift? You have to be doing something because we like to be affiliated to stuff. Yeah, like, it's like a self, an identity uh, yeah. validation sort of it's thing. Identity validation. So we're talking about these mindset things. So what we try to do is help people get there because you need some, in some cases that's good because you need to, Push towards something you want. Yeah, it's true. Being shredded. But, but it can't be the pure purpose. But it can't be the sole reason that identifies you because at the end of the day, that is you. And it's external. And it's external. What about the internal shit, your feelings? Because that part I post about the intrinsic. I don't read those things. She won't watch this anyway. Uh, hey, but I just want to talk about the like that internal motivation as well yeah. because whether we're talking about fitness or whether we're talking about life and mm-hmm. achieving goals, it's the one thing that's going to be able to get us there, which is the motivation, determination. Yeah. Yeah. And by doing that by small habits, have you ever seen that post? Like if you grow like 0.01% for 365 days. Yeah, it's a lot of growth. It's a lot of growth. Yeah, it's the same as this, yeah? So we get this in fitness all the time when people are trying to lose weight. They're like, yeah, I had a healthy meal, you know? So like, I took I'm having avocado and, and um, eggs and stuff. I'm not eating bread. That's actually my morning breakfast. Yeah, standard. I like it. It's cool. Yeah. But, but why are you making me feel like the truth <laughs> is, yeah, avocado is quite high in calories. And think high about fat it as well. And high fat. Because the reason why it's high calories is because it's got high fat, so densest okay, calorie. Yeah, Your eggs are the same, but maybe you have two or three eggs because we need to fill up. Yeah. It's quite a high calorie dinner. Um, breakfast. Breakfast, which is fine. But it doesn't matter if you're managing your whole day and your whole week. Yeah? You can factor it in. But if you're not thinking about those things, then over your whole big picture, you could be overspilling on your calories and then causing weight gain. When you say you're not thinking about those things, what exactly do you mean? So for example, if I factored in that I'm having a high calorie breakfast, then I might balance out the difference. If you're trying to lose weight though. If you're trying to lose weight. Is that what you're saying? If you're trying to lose weight. I'm giving that extreme. So what you're talking about is back to the clarity of goal because you can't hit a fuzzy goal. Yeah. So instead of me saying, 
you know, you're not going to have any bread. I might say to you, well, how many times do you have bread? And they're like, with every meal. I might say, well, you can have bread with every meal, but instead of you having two slices, you're now having one or one and a half. We've already created a sustainable win because it's manageable. Yeah. But if I say to you, no bread, what happens, bro? Man is going down the kebab shop tomorrow and I'm getting all the sublagi I can get with all the big tests. Or they overindulge when they do have it. Or it's like when George is not here with the camera, blood, man's in there. <laughs> and then no one will know. <laughs> so sometimes it's just it's creating small wins to so they can see results because it doesn't have to be a big change. And then as the changes happen, you get more desire to do it. You're not in pain because you're, you're happy staying. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we've created a sustainable domino effect of results rather than, I've got the results, I fell off, and then there's a such thing as an 8% rule, right? So the 8% rule is if you're super restrictive with your diet, you get such a big drop in weight. Yeah. Yeah? Then you fall off it because you inflicted so much fucking pain on yourself that you go back to how you were. You go back to that weight plus 8%. You then go, fucking hell. This is bollocks. I want to go back to how I was. You know that time when I was in good shape? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You go back to what you were doing because it worked the first time. Yeah, right? yeah. You lose the weight again. Then you go, fuck, this hurt me so much. Boom, plus eight. It's yo-yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, that must do something to your like mindset about we're doing it. Like, yeah. like, I'm just going to, I'm literally just going to app out here. Insurance bucket there. The keto diet for me yeah. is a load of shit. I mean, you know, there's in some, my opinion, yeah. because I don't think it's sustainable for someone to completely cut out. Listen, there is the right way of doing anything, and then the way you see in fitness magazines and blogs and people that are promoting these keto fucking drinks in Ibiza or whatever. At the end of the day, there is some research that shows that if you have epilepsy, it could work for you. Yeah. There's also a certain way that you do it. We don't recommend it too much because at the end of the day, what we want to fuel is performance. If you are down on energy and you're not eating sustainably and you're yeah. inflicting pain on yourself yeah. and you can't go and train and do the activities, then it's a catch-22, isn't it? Yeah. So if you're really sedentary, maybe we'll use it because you don't do fuck all and you don't deserve to eat the calories. <laughs> Simple. But there is an easier way to do it and a more sustainable way to do it for a lot of people than do that. My biggest problem with keto is people are doing keto, but they're not really fucking doing keto. They're drinking this keto drink and then tomorrow they're on the piss having fucking Prosecco. Defeats. You're not on fucking keto then, are you? No. So, it swings and roundabouts. There's the right way of doing it, but it's getting preached on social media by people that are not even qualified to be even giving you keto. Yeah, and even if you Who are you to tell me? Do you know what? I just want to, like, even, like, just... Because what we're saying doesn't just apply to the fitness world. No, it's everybody. It's, it's, it, everyone has experienced this, and I think one thing social media does really well, it gives people power that... Uh, in it for uh, another value. But you know what's man? Go Going back to diets. Diets are not the issue. It's the mindset, the values, and the beliefs you and hold. The beliefs you hold behind those things. People need to be taught behaviours. How they don't need to be taught directly behaviours. Because if I start saying, "Yo, bro, your your behaviours are fucking dumb," bro, you'll look at me and go, "I ain't doing that." He's, he's told me we need to almost coach behaviours into people well, rather than diets because food is food man you need to understand what drives that behaviour as well exactly like because until you really understand what drives the behaviour there's no well, you you can't be an assistant in shifting it exactly. um, but also like you, what you said about um, about the diet and your mindset and how you look at it and the beliefs you hold mm. I've I was like not that this is heavy I got to about 15 and a half stone but I was one of those guys I held it really bad like, I'm not saying I'm like the skinniest guy but like do you know what I mean like, I held it really bad and I, I changed like my diet, but I didn't really change the diet. I changed the way I looked at looked at food, and I, again, I just want, I just want to take out. I'm not just talking about diet here. I'm talking about like mindset, life as yeah. well, my yeah. mindset. And I stopped wanting to eat shit food, not because I was on a diet, but because I wanted to be a healthy person. So I changed the shift of you had a healthier mindset rather than you eating. Yeah, anything. exactly. At the end of the day, food is food. Yeah, and that even helped me get I'll get away from drug addiction as well, like oh, being like a healthy person, being... But then let's just go back to that, yeah? Go on. Drug addiction is a mindset. Yeah. Yeah? Or the things you put in your body will affect... There, yeah, there's some, yeah, there's some science to it. Yeah, of course. But, but, it is, but ultimately... But it, it's, it's how you perceive what makes you feel good. Yeah, so it hacks the reward system. It hacks the reward system. Exactly. 
So if you can get that formula back in play, you're now in control. Without the without the exactly. drugs or without the food. So or drugs, diet, training, money, business, the whole thing is about being in control and also allowing yourself to understand that you're in control. Because if you're not in an understood state, then you don't know whether you're in control or can not. You explain being in control. When you say that and so oh, listen, one of the on, reasons on. why you probably had good success is because you've taught yourself about behaviours, you've taught yourself about mindset, you've taught yourself about control, and you've also taught yourself about the impact that these things are having on you from a physical standpoint as well as... Yeah, so yeah. straight away, by having that knowledge bank in you, being educated, you can be more in control because you I'm understand, aware. you're aware, you have a clarity, you have awareness, you understand the implications of whatever it is you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Whereas a lot of clients will come to us on a diet perspective, and the reason why they're making the mistakes is because they're uneducated. Not because they want to keep having wine, and yeah, they want yeah. to keep eating chocolate, and they want to keep being fat. It's because they're not clear enough on the implications of what they're doing, because they haven't been taught. Which isn't a bad, which isn't a problem. It's not their like, fault. No, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. And but in fact, but the people that come to you are the, are good, are the people, good it's people. the people that are not coming to you. No, but yes and no, because some of the people that come to us, they also are still not aware because they think purchase, reward. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. It doesn't work okay. like that in no, coaching. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. some of the guys that can afford your fees, they probably used to going over to the counter and going, here's the cash, give me the product. Don't work like that. You need to work for this. So the hardest thing that we have is belief systems because you have to break behaviours and belief systems. So I can tell you the right thing, but if you don't believe me, yeah, it means so that goes back to the social intelligence thing. And I didn't mean when I was saying this off camera about us changing who we are, but we need to understand where they're coming from so that we can get the right tools across to yeah. them so that it changes. Because coaching is not about you and what you believe, it's about what them and what they believe. It's and about facilitating them yeah. to answer the questions that they already have answers to. Exactly. Like, and do you know what? Like, be, like, learning to be a coach and going through my, um, going through my accreditation mm. it's teaching me a lot about myself, man. Like, I, don't, I don't want the answers anymore because I think the question's more powerful. Yeah. Like, and... I'll learn that about myself. Like a lot of people like to have the answer, like to have the answers these days because they go on Google, they check out YouTube. With, yeah. but, but sometimes the question is more powerful than figuring out the answer for yourself. Exactly. That allows the. So growth. one of the things I've noticed in my coaching as I've grown, and now that I'm more aware looking at other coaches, is the young ones, and I don't mean young and as in age, but as in like coaching age, maturity, like maturity, maturity age. They speak more than they listen, and I was guilty of that as well. Whereas now, you don't have to speak as much to get the result. You hear, you That's absorb, it. you see, you have the tools, and then you look at how you can get them to answer it. And like, you also need to know the client, because you know like you have some people's behaviours, like they like to tell you what to do. And then you have some other people that are like, tell me what to do, please. Then you've got other people that if you tell them to run through the glass, they'll run through the glass and the brick wall. Mm. They'll do anything for mm. you. You have to understand who you're working with. And like, for example, with those clients that like to tell you what to do, if I tell them, right, you need to be doing this exercise, they'll go, fuck this, I don't like this. But if I understand the way they are, I need to find a way in which they tell me how to do the exercise I want them to do. That's interesting. You understand? So it's a mindset game that you're playing with your client the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it's to like, get them to do the same thing, because all three of them need to do the same thing. Because you're rallying with them, basically. Yeah. Like, tennis won't lie. I don't want them to get their defence up. I want them to open up to me and go, right, I need to do this and give you 100%. So the way I come across in giving the same information will be different from person A, B and C, but they all need to get in the same goal. Mm. You understand? Mm. That's where I think your maturity comes, but also your social intelligence is really, really important. There's a great book by Brett Bartholomew, it's called Conscience Coaching. Conscious Coaching. Um, it, you know, it's a great book because it touches on those things. It's not about, it's, it's about getting buy-in from your client. If your client buys into you and your method, you win it. But they're not always going to buy into you because they have their own belief systems, they may have worked with someone else, whether that's someone else. There's so many factors. It's, it's multifaceted. And even it goes, can go back to their family beliefs and things like that as well. Yeah. But also, I, I truly believe that like, that's what you're talking about is earned. It's not given, it's earned. Do you know what I mean? And, it, and talk about how you earn that position because it's not a conscious thing. You don't, when I'm sure when you've got a client, I know when I've got clients, I don't think, how do I earn this? How do I earn that? No, but so it is, are you saying it is you can have you can be an unconscious coach, which is what I think I was at the beginning. Yeah. Whereas here's the science that I knew at that time. 
you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I was unconscious to who I was coaching. Whereas now I'm very conscious. I know... So you pay more attention things. to the person? I pay more attention to how I need to get the information across. What vehicle do I need okay. to use? Okay, that's good. Because that's what makes you really effective. Because I could write the best program on Excel. I could type it in a good font. You know, do whatever <laughs> They can fucking put it, put colours, put tables. And then the client goes, fuck this. But I could scribble it on a piece of paper. And they, they, they get it. They still don't even look at it. But somehow I got it into them that they loved the way I was conveying it and then they went through the roof for me. So let's it's take, the same programme. Yeah, yeah. And I love what you're saying there because ultimately what you're saying is you're making it work for the client but the message that I'm hearing from a point of view is make it work for you. Like, as, it's working. As a, like, See, that, what you just said is the one. It's actually working for you. Yeah, yeah. Because a but lot of the time we work, yeah, a lot of the time, no, but even outside of a coaching, like the coaching world, mm. for people that are listening to this, that are trying to create habits, that are trying to create patterns and behaviours that are going to help them It's the magnet develop. theory, isn't it? Yeah, you want it to do this. You want your coaching clients to do this. They're here when they begin, you're here. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. closer you get to the middle, the result happens. Yeah. If you're both doing this, yeah. it's fucked. Yeah. yeah. But that happens a lot in life with people, and I think their behaviour they, they try to adopt, or the identity they try to adopt, is something that they either struggling to believe or they're causing friction with it yeah. because they're not making it work for them so they work for the behaviour yeah. and as what like working for behaviour is going to cause some friction because you might not necessarily enjoy yeah. what you're doing which then causes yeah. the magnet effect uh, one, of, one of my mentors back in the day and this is talking about strength training yeah strength training is a really complex matter because there's so many it's so multifaceted on how you create a program and you get someone from here to here to make them strong without breaking them. Yeah, and, it's, and strength is also very specific in the outcome you're trying to get from that strength yeah. quality. But I like to use it in life. And what he said was, being a true strength coach is like learning another language. He was like, if you can spit the bars you need to spit in, any in that language you're trying to convey, then you truly know it. And what he's trying to say is, you truly know how to speak another language when you can make a pun, yeah? Because you can say something in a language, ten you can say the same thing 10 different ways and it will mean something else. Yeah, yeah, You understand yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 100%, bro, 100%. So I can say, mashallah to you, and it's a joke, but I can also say, oh, mashallah, you know, same. It means the same thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it means different things, but it's the same word. Yeah. One's oh, sweet, and one's saying, come on, my bro. Yeah, yeah. So when you're writing training programs or when you're coaching, I think you need to be able to make a pun in that language you're conveying it because then that means you truly understand what you're giving it to. And it shows your your in depth. In depth and your ability to be able to convey it in a simplistic or in multiple ways exactly. to fit to fit the person as well. It's like an onion theory, isn't it? It's like how many layers do you have yeah, the exactly. same thing? Yeah. It's do you know what man? I find it so interesting, like I love like just talking to people and like finding out about their perspective because I feel like the human connection like the reason why I'm doing a podcast is because I think these sort of insightful conversations mm. allow people to look at things in multiple ways, which is what we, which is really what we're talking about here. Yeah. Because we're talking about PT, but I really want like people to know that. Watch it. It's not just about, it's not about PT. fitness or PT or being a coach. This I'm, is. Yeah, I'm glad you said this, G. Because like people always say PT. I'm not PT. No, I, I don't look at no. I'm a coach. Yeah. You, I think the first time I met you when you were moving in, you yeah. said coach on the back. And I was like, my guy. But what, what, why I say that? Because there's a lot of personal trainers out there that will say, you're not a coach, you're a personal trainer, that's what you do for a job. Cool, that is what I do. But I think personal trainer is a job title, whereas a coach is, a way of is who you are. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. That's a bar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I got into this. So going back to the first question, what was your passions to do this? I like fucking helping people, bro. Whether it's making why? money, whether it's making, you know why? You know why? Because the original reasons why I got into doing this was having the answers to the questions that I didn't have yourself, myself. So me working with people is made me more wise because I have more answers to problems that other people have that I may not have. Yeah, and this is what and you know what that is. To listen to you know what that is. See this hair, yeah? It's what growth. Hair? Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say it's growth, but that don't work because there's no fucking hair. But it's growth. Yeah? The, thing, the thing that I like is growth. I like seeing growth because 
If you see growth, you see progress. I like moving forwards. And when I see other people making success based off some of the things that I've helped them with, mm. it makes you feel good. And also, it's a, it's a two-way thing as well, isn't it? Exactly. Like, because they feel good, you feel good, you feel good, they feel good. And what, I, just, mate, I just really want to go into the human connection thing again because like you just said, like a big part of your growth as a coach, as a, as a man, um, as a way of living, is being part of developing your own skills based on someone else's need on top of your own because when it's bigger than you yeah it, it's easier to achieve because you know that yeah. maybe if you you were started off looking for the answers for yourself yeah but then that was that didn't get to you is that you can't grow on your own you need other people yeah whether that's business yeah there's so much stuff you can do in a day you need to delegate and grow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. or whether that is your personality growing you need human. Like, one of the biggest problems that we have currently now is that there's been a whole year where people have been in isolation. I see people come out of isolation now and they've fallen back three years. They're anxious about going to the yeah. down the road because they, they're going to they're gonna be caught out somehow. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, yeah, oh, 15 minutes. Whereas before, you just leave with five minutes and you'll get there. They're like, oh, 15 minutes, I need to get prepped. Oh, what about traffic? They've gone backwards five years. Yeah. And also, it's like... We could just have this conversation like this, open, chilled, whatever, you're in my house, we're chilling, we're talking, whatever. Like, people have, they don't even want to hug anymore because they might get a disease. Bruv, if I can't hug, bruv, I want the disease now. Give me the disease, yeah, bruv. Yeah, Give I, it to I, me. Because it's human connection. If we can't even do that, if we're dry as toast, if we're dry with toast, no butter, no honey, no jam, no nothing, just, just what is life? It's dead. It is, bro. It's what is life without people? Yeah. It's dead. Yeah, it it's is. dry. Look at my dog. If I'm not here for the whole day, he's upset. But he wants interaction as well. He comes in, he's running around, he's happy, happy, happy. Yeah, yeah. We need to get back to that as quickly as possible. Yeah, but how would you advise someone to get over that fear. initial fear of going back to... How it was. How it was, because even me, when you're saying that, I'm thinking, listen, like, oh, listen I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, no, 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 I'm, no. do you know what I mean? I'm an open book, man. Like, yeah. oh. So for me, it's a little bit easier to convey how I'm feeling, to like talk about that sort of stuff, but I feel like some people, it's not as easy as just going back to arguing or doing that. I mean, we're talking about this in a really narrow... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah, picture I'm talking about is being robust enough to deal with problems comes with putting yourself in scenarios that are slightly dangerous. Stoicism. That's the stoicism. 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 So sometimes, if you're so clinical that you're going to be like, I'm going to keep two metres. Or, oh, my food dropped on the floor. I'm like, three second rule. Like, when I was a kid, I was eating food off the floor, bruv. That's how I got my new system up mm. over time. I didn't know that then. <laughs> Man was eating shit off the floor. You know what I mean? I never washed my hands for a week. Yeah, so it got like that as a kid. But there was also times where, like, at school, I didn't like doing the presentation. I was like, oh, when's it my turn? You know when you're at school and you're waiting? Yeah, I used to hate you had to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was me. But now, I could stand up in front of thousands of people and speak about what I know. If it's something I don't know, of course I'm going to be nervous. Because I don't but know But would you do it? Would you do it? If just I had just, to just do for the experience. If I had to do it, I would be put in that scenario and I, I would be squeaky bum time like everyone else. But it's being bold enough to put yourself there, yeah. make the mistake and grow. Yeah, straight. And so how do we get people out of this? Make them fucking hug, man. Yeah, and also, like, <laughs> no, but what you're saying is, like, like, it's the truth as well, like, people add, like, they stack the reasons why they can't do something, and they, like, like I've always caught up on, like, people want to make the right decision. Yeah. People want to make sure they don't make the wrong... That's too much information, like, there's too many different factors you're no, like, talking about here. Like, don't get me wrong, there's time and place where you have to make the right decision. 100%. Because if you keep making the wrong ones, you're fucked. Yeah, but if you keep making the wrong ones, the decision has to be made, you need to reflect. Just, you have to reflect. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, and uh, one of the big problems, G, is like, you know when people use it as an excuse, they're like, oh, it's because I'm dyslexic, or it's because I'm this, that I can't make the right decision. Even though that might be the main problem, you can't sit on it and say that's the reason. Yeah, you can't. You have to grow beyond that. So what do I need to do to counteract that? Yeah, if, if you, you might work harder. Yeah, you got. You're either going to let it limit you, or you're going to let it grow you. Exactly. Like you're going to grow, grow from it, or you're going to let. And it that's limit not me saying like if you're dyslexic, you're back. What it's me saying is, is 
there's going to be pl- people have got their like. But we all backfitted on something. Yeah, so people have got their handicaps on loads yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But what it is is you might have to work a little bit harder at overcoming something that someone else might find really easy, and that's fine. Yeah, that's because fine. You've also got a strength that that other person hasn't got, exactly. and it's about finding. And do you know what? I'm learning that. I'm, one of my biggest strengths is the way I can communicate. Mm. I never knew that, and even at school, like, I used to do that. Mm. But I was the class clown. I was like yeah. the 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 one like part of the public. I'm messing about. But I was using that skill, but I didn't know I had it. Yeah. And I think sometimes trying to find that thing that you find easy exactly. that everyone else finds hard. And you know what else is? People who don't you know you will say, oh, he does that so easily. Like yeah. recently, people were like, oh, you're so good on social media. My social media is dead, bruv. Also, I don't find it easy. It's just taking practice yeah. of doing something that will shit at. I never used to do You're that. expanding if your If you knew me then. five years beyond, I was that guy with a clipboard and a whiteboard and uh, writing my programs, training, everything was like, now I'm training people online, mm. I'm training people on Zoom, technology's got things systemized, I do my own editing, I do my own filming. I, I would never do that, I would have been like, fuck that. So it's one of those things, if you want to grow, you sometimes have to look at your weaknesses, put yourself into there and grow from it, providing that's the direction you want to go in. Yeah, you don't have to do that, you might be happy there. It's like also, you know, I'm sure you've read the book Power of Now. People yeah, also need yeah. to be aware that growth is not always good. Sometimes you just need to be present and go, you know what? I'm happy. Yeah, bro, I need cool like, that's we all need that. Because like, if you're always climbing the ladder, you're also always inducing stress and it's a fine You're enjoying what you've already got around you. Exactly. I'm quite cool. Yeah. Let me sit here, chill, look out my window, I'm happy. Yeah, it's a pretty life, isn't it? Yeah, that cigarette and a coffee and some sub luggage. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, man. Andy, listen, I don't know how long we've been filming, but we've chopped it up. Chopped we, it up. We've, we've chopped it up, Cypriot style. Before we close up, man, is there any, any finishing, any finishing words? Any, any last, last things you want to... Well, I just think if you're going to take anything away from our guests that we've come here, is that if you want to grow, if you want to progress, then the first thing you need to do is look within yourself at the things that are blocking you move forward. If you can understand that, then someone can help you. But if you don't understand that, that might be the biggest shin pad that's stopping you. I love that. The yeah? biggest shin pad. The biggest shin pad. You heard it here first. Thanks, man. Thanks for dropping out with me. Well, I've enjoyed I'll that conversation. Even, I bet you've even filmed it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the mic's off. I wonder, uh, yeah, the <laughs> mic's so, something. That, look, if you <laughs> haven't seen this, if you're seeing this, it's a fucking miracle, to be honest. Um, look, all I'm going to say is boom, go follow the social medias. I'm going to put Andy's social medias in the D, um, in the description and DM. I was going to say, subscribe to the motherfucking channel. Go check out on Spotify. Thanks for being here with us. Take care. Peace. Decent. That was good, man. I really enjoyed that. Do it more often, bro. I really.